0: This podcast is presented by All Copy Products, proud partner of the Arizona Cardinals. Learn more at allcopyproducts.com.
1: To the 15 to the 10. Murray's going to score. Touchdown.
0: Welcome to the
2: Cardinals Red Sea Report.
1: Slammed to the ground by Buda Baker. Like a torpedo, he came flying into the backfield. One handed catch and a touchdown. DeAndre Hopkins.
2: The Cardinals Red Sea Report is brought to you by Arizona Cardinals Podcast. Visit azcardinals.com slash podcast.
1: Here we go. Connor to the 10, to the 5, and into the end zone for the touchdown. Oh, baby. How's that feel?
2: Here's Craig Grealoux, Mike Jarecki, and three-time pro bowler Kyle Vandenbosch.
3: So the magic number this week, gentlemen, is three. It is week three of free agency, and the Cardinals have signed three outside free agents. Good, bad, bad indifference i know on social media it's a lot of negative and you were very adamant last week as far as your thoughts on this cardinals patient approach kyle to free agency and like what they had done we'll get into the will hernandez signing because i do think that is a starter that this team can pencil in on the offensive line but here we are it's the end of march people are starting to think about the draft yet for me need an edge rusher and need a number
0: two wide receiver. Yeah, there's definitely still holes. There's, um, But, you know, I don't think you need to be concerned. Um, you know, we talked a little bit last week about the real value in signing players at this point to one-year type prove-it deals. Um, and those guys can have, uh, you know, they're typically going to play above the contract value because they're looking down the road. They want to set themselves up for a long-term deal. Um, they want to be potentially a, a part of your long-term future, and so they're they're going to go out there and prove it. You know, the guys that got those huge deals, the guys that are, um, you, you know, that um, were day one, day two free agency type signings. Um, you, you know, they had earned those types of contracts, but there is going to be many teams around the league that have buyer's remorse coming up. The the guys you sign. Now and going forward to fill out your roster that are still quality guys that can contribute, that can produce for your team. Um, These are guys that, um, you know, set you up to make other types of moves that can improve your roster, um, you know, down the road uh, during the season that gives you an opportunity to give extensions to guys that are currently on your roster. Um, You know, so to me, it's a good sign for um, sustainability and uh, sets this team up to be a good team for years to come. And I think, um, you know, what you've got to do, again, we had talked about this last week, you look at what your division is doing. Nobody in our division has been, you know, uber aggressive in free agency, um, gone on these spending sprees. And I think that, you know, just matching up with the teams in our division and what has happened to them, I think we're in pretty good shape.
4: You know, there's still quality players out there. I mean, Javion Clowney, I think it always comes down to what his knee's like. Is it bone on bone? Anthony Barr's only 30. Um, he obviously is a guy that uh, can, is, excels at stopping the run. There's Bryce Callen out there. He's 30 years old. The cornerback, Kyla Fuller's out there, 30 years old. So I think at this point in time, we're going to see guys take one-year deals, better on themselves, and as the cap will go up over the next couple of years, the TV contract kicks in, we'll see more. Uh, cap space over the next couple of years. So I do think the Cardinals still want to be active. Um, They'll get some uh, relief come June 1st when uh, Jordan Phillips has some of his money will go to dead money because he's a June 1st casualty, so they got to hold that salary right now. So there are some options out there.
3: Will Hernandez signed a one-year deal. Nick Vigil signed a one-year deal. Jeff Gladney got a two-year contract with the Cardinals. Those are the three new faces. The Cardinals retained nine of their own free agents. Lost four. Chase Edmonds, Christian Kirk, Chandler Jones, and Max Garcia, plus Jordan Hicks and Jordan Phillips. Both of those two players released. Hicks winds up with the Vikings. Phillips with the Bills. So that is kind of where this team is right now, the end of March, starting to now talk a little bit more about the draft, which is one month away. And for me, I'm very open and honest edge rusher to me is a huge hole for this team, and it needs to be addressed before the draft we'll get more into the will hernandez signing here in a moment but top of mind and this is breaking within the last hour or so in the annual league meeting that is running through wednesday in palm beach florida we have a tweak to the overtime postseason only though mj we will now see each team with at least a possession in overtime in the postseason regular season stays the same when the coin toss score on the open possession you win the game sudden death if you score a touchdown but now in the postseason that image of Josh Allen on the sideline watching Patrick Mahomes score in the playoffs that's not going to happen because now you will see Josh Allen with an opportunity to try to extend the game
4: yeah, I, I think the coaches are kind of all old school. They prefer to just keep everything intact, but obviously, you know, when it comes to overtime and obviously with gambling now and fantasy football, I mean, it's intriguing. People are watching, but I go back to that Chiefs game. Uh, they got the ball at 13 seconds left in the game, and all of a sudden Buckner scores a 49-yard field goal. So, again, I think teams have to play defense, but that the rules are regular season is going to be the same. And it's going to be interesting because if you do get the ball and you score a touchdown, uh, do you go for two-point conversion or do you play it safe? And then the other team knows now they need seven points because if you don't get the two-point conversion, so it's going to be interesting. And I just wonder how the analytics will play a role in there.
3: Do you defer now on that second coin toss before overtime to see what your opponent does? And to your point, if you score a touchdown on that first possession? Do you go for two and put a little extra pressure on your opponent? How do you see things right now, Kyle, as far as overtime? And again, we're talking about postseason only. Regular season, they're going to go with the current rules. But postseason, each team gains a possession.
0: And if you're still tied after that, then it becomes sudden death. Yeah, I think you're right. I think you look at uh, the way... College football used to be where both teams get the ball regardless, and you know everybody wanted to defer to see what they needed to do once they got the ball, and I think that's probably the path that most teams would take. Um, But it's it's definitely needed for playoff football. There's so much at stake. Um, You know, just you two already referenced the Bills and Chiefs in the playoffs. You know, perhaps um, one of the best games to watch uh, the entire last season is so much was at stake, and you just wanted that game to end the right way fairly and you honestly you didn't want that game to end at all i mean it was it was a battle of two of the best quarterbacks in the league at the top of their game um and it it was unfortunate the way it ended and, and that the bills didn't get another chance with the ball in their hands
4: yeah so josh allen would have been on the field this past postseason patrick mahomes would have been on the field in the 2019 afc championship against the patriots and matt ryan would have been on the field in the super bowl against the patriots
3: there's been 12 playoff games that went into overtime under these current rules and the team that has won the coin toss has won 10 of those 12 games with 7 of those 10 wins coming on that first possession meaning the other team doesn't even step on the field as far as an offense is concerned and I think that 10 and 2 mark is what the league is trying to kind of like
0: make a little bit more fair as far as Especially with so much on the line in the postseason. Yeah, you want the game to come down to what happens with the players and the coaches. Let the playmakers make play, make the plays. You don't want the game to come um, to be in the hands of the refs. You don't want the game to be in the hands of a coin. Um, you know, when when you fought so hard to get into the playoffs, and you're in the playoffs, and you fought so hard hard for an entire. Um, regulation you just want it to be settled on the field and not let any external factors come into play and obviously just based on statistics the coin flip has has a big deal to do with who comes out as on top of those playoff overtime games you're
4: exactly right rich mckay said there was a plenty of discussion in overtime it certainly was a robust discussion emphasized was all data driven
3: NFL research with those numbers as far as the 10-2 record on 12 playoff games heading into overtime. So we'll see what happens. You watch. There won't be a single game now in the postseason, this coming (laughs) season or next season, that will go into overtime Will be decided within those 60 minutes. Also from the league meetings, a chance to hear from head coach Cliff Kingsbury. And, of course, the big topic of conversation is Kyler Murray and his future. What is going on? According to Kingsbury, quote, we're in a good place. That's the business side of it, referring to the conversation contract i stay out of his things for the most part but as far as our relationship it's always been great and we see him as the long-term future and i know he feels the same way well we've actually had a chance to hear from kyler murray in fact last thursday making a couple of public appearances around the community and you knew he had to know that the questions were going to be asked about his future with the arizona
5: cardinals I'm an Arizona Cardinal. You know, uh, I've done nothing but you know give my all to the Cardinals. I uh, would continue to do that. Yeah, so I'm, I'm I'm not really too worried about my future as a Cardinal. I keep football football. I let people whoever have to take care of that stuff take care of that stuff. All I worry about is playing good on the field.
3: First time we've had a chance to hear from Kyler Murray since the Pro Bowl. Really, first time though speaking to reporters since the end of the regular season. And I do think Kyle, he said all the right things. And it's good to hear him. What we didn't hear there is what he looked like. He was all smiles, big grin on his face, and you have to believe what he says at least as we speak right now.
0: Yeah. Um it, it was first of all, let me start off by saying it's it's good to see him out in the community, um doing some charitable things. Um he's got a great personality. Uh the fans love him, um, and you know what Coach Kingsbury said is absolutely right. Um he is a part of our future. Um, you know, you look at all of the quarterback movement this offseason and what teams had to give up to try to find a franchise quarterback. We've got ours, and he is here and he needs to stay here. Um, you know, the other part is, is you know, I completely agree. Kyler Murray should get a new contract. I don't agree with how things have been handled this offseason. Um, you know, when you say, um, I'm not worried about my future, um, you know, an all caps tweet says otherwise you know if i get a text in all caps somebody's been in a car accident or my house is on fire like that's that says something needs to happen now and you know it it, these things should be happening between an agent and the gm behind closed doors having these type of meetings um you know when you are the face of a franchise you care about all aspects of the franchise and you don't want to be an off-season distraction you want to um keep it all about getting better from where this team was at the end of the season to next season and not distract from what good things you're doing. So, um, you know, I hope that um, what Kyler said is a sign that, you know, he realizes that there's a better path forward, that um, this team is sincere when they say that, you know, they want to keep him here long-term and, and that will all happen in due course, but it, it doesn't necessarily need to happen today. Um, You know, this team has shown and it has said, how much they value him, and and his, his time will come. We'll see when that time is, whether it's now
3: or later, as far as his play on the football field. One that is
1: certainly excited about Kyler Murray going into year four would be the backup, Colt McCoy. Kyler's obviously extremely talented. Just finished his third year in the NFL. I would say that his arrow is is pointing up. I know how hard it was for me my first three years in the NFL. Uh, to, to handle all the things that come with being a franchise quarterback and being in the NFL, and uh, I think Kyler's handled it tremendously. You know, he's a super competitor. He wants to win. He, he works hard, and I think it kind of sets the tone for our whole team.
4: I'll say this, a couple things. When you listen to um, Brad DeVeach, the general manager of the Chiefs, or Brandon Beam uh, from the Buffalo Bills, uh, these things don't happen overnight. They work on them for a year. A lot of analytics go into it. How do you structure the contract? Is there is there an out If a player gets hurt, what's well, guaranteed money? So it doesn't happen. They didn't just wake up one morning and give Patrick Mahomes 10 million or 10 years for 275, and you know give Patrick Mahomes, you know, a six year deal for 250 million, whatever it was. So it, 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 there's a work, and now the focus should be on getting this team more talent and more protection for Kyler Murray and obviously improving the defense. That should be the focus right now, free agency in the draft. And, you know, to me, I would like to see a little bit more. Um, but, again, if you don't have one of these quarterbacks, it's hard to win in the league, and I think he's got a bright future. Obviously, it's he's not a finished product. And I can tell you this, he's been in the building the last couple of days, and that's encouraging because he was here last Thursday. He's been working out in Texas, but he's been in the weight room. He's been uh, with other teammates, so that's a good sign that he's here and he's willing to put the time in when nobody's watching.
3: Well, one move that Kyler Murray should be pleased with is the addition of Will Hernandez, the right guard, projected starting right guard for this team in 2022. We'll get into that addition as we continue here on the Cardinals Red Sea Report presented by SeatGeek. Get your seats in a seat. Subscribe to Arizona Cardinals Podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and Stitcher. Listen to your favorite shows at your convenience, like the Dave Patch Podcast, Cardinals Underground, Cardinals Cover 2, The Big Red Rage, and of course this show, the Cardinals Red Sea Report. Visit azcardinals.com slash podcast for more information. We do it every Tuesday at 11 a.m. year-round, talking all things Arizona Cardinals. Yes, it's been quiet here in free agency but one of the new faces, Will Hernandez, signing on the line that is dotted on Monday. We'll get into what he had to say and what his addition means to this team next here on the Arizona Cardinals Radio Network.
1: in the gun, takes the shotgun snap, stands, looks, now backs up, Goes off his back foot, one-handed catch, Connor over the middle of the 10, inside the 10 and down to the 5-yard line for an 18-yard game. What a grab, he does it in back-to-back weeks with one-handed catches. Go, go, Gadget. Stab the pig. They run Connor up the middle. He's stuffed, but he breaks the tackle and gets into the end zone for a touchdown. James Connor continues to be one of the best free agent signings, maybe ever, for the Cardinals. They're going to go Wildcat. Jonathan Ward in the backfield with Connor, who takes the snap. Connor runs left. He's down to the five. He keeps the feet moving. James Connor is into the end zone for the touchdown. 18
3: total touchdowns by James Conner, 15 of those on the ground, tied for the second most in the NFL in 2021. But in order for James Conner to be James Conner, especially running the football, that offensive line needs to play well. And an upgrade was needed Specifically at the right guard spots, and the Cardinals believe that they have upgraded that position. As we continue here on the Cardinals Red Sea Report presented by geek get your seats in a seat. gregory Rio, Luca and Mike Jarecki talking about Will Hernandez signing a one year contract, four year veteran. But I know, Kyle, you like this. Six foot three, 332 pounds, had a chance to meet the gentleman. Yesterday shook his hand, and my right hand disappeared in
0: his right hand. <clears throat> right. Big, strong, physical, tough. Um, you know, it's what we need. It's it's why we went and got Rodney Hudson last year, is you need, especially, um, you know, watching Kyler Murray, the thing he struggles with the most is quick interior pressure. If he has, um, you know, Kyler has been, and he showed last year, he's fantastic throwing the ball from the pocket but he needs a clean pocket he needs especially room um to step into his throws and when he had quick inside pressure um he struggled and and you know we saw it particularly against the rams and and i know um so when I was in Detroit, we drafted and Sue, and he was a force, especially early in his career. He's not a pass rusher anymore, um, but he was, you know, getting 10 sacks as an interior defense alignment. And what would happen the next few years is the other teams in our division, they would upgrade and draft centers and guards. So it's, it, it, you know, again, I talked about this in our past segment, but what the Cardinals are doing and what you need to do, your focus needs to be on winning your division. And What did the Cardinals struggle with, particularly when they played the Rams, was that inside pressure was trying to block Aaron Donald with his strength, power, his physical ability to take a guard and walk him into the backfield. Well, you know, ideally, hopefully with – Uh, will hernandez that's not going to happen this year he is stout he is strong he is tough and hopefully he will match up well with the likes of aaron donald and the pass rush that they have with the 49ers and and really anybody in our division and i think it's a great move particularly to give ourselves a chance to win our division
3: 17 starts at right guard last season predominantly though mj a left guard but so that gives you some flexibility if needed but you do have justin Pugh. Left guard, Rodney Hudson at the center spot, and now perhaps Will Hernandez will see. Josh Jones perhaps could be in the mix. Justin Murray still remains on the roster. But that interior pressure, you need those three guys to keep an Aaron Donald out of the face of Kyler Murray.
4: Yeah, and I always feel like when you're 26 years old and he'll be 27 when the season starts, that's the sweet spot for free agents. And, yes, it's a one-year deal, but obviously the relationship with Sean Kugler, who was his head coach at UTEP, uh, he's here to prove himself. And when you look at that, I mean you he's he's played in sixty two games, fifty six starts during his tenure, and to me, um he's gotta win the job. We talked about Brian Winters last year and, and obviously it didn't work out for him, he decided to leave football, but you know, we need to see it. But I, I do think at the end of the day Coog's gonna play the best five guys that I gotta assume. Hernandez is going to be one of the five.
3: Well, on the subject, of Sean Coogler, the Cardinals offensive line coach and run game coordinator. Hernandez, a second-team AP All-American twice under Sean Kugler at UTEP. Here is Hernandez on his
5: prior relationship with the Cardinals O-line coach. I feel like he's one of the main reasons why I even made it into the NFL in the first place. Me and him I have a very strong connection, very good relationship, uh, and then one we kept over the years as well him being, being able to reunite with him and being able to get coached up under him again is, is only going to help. Um, you know, we understand each other very well. We know what we expect out of each other. We respect each other. And I feel like we're only going to be able to bring out the best in, in each, each of us. This is the
3: second time now in the last three seasons, I believe, Kyle, that we have heard an offensive lineman reference Sean Kugler and the relationship that they have with him on why the Cardinals were so attractive. Kelvin Beecham is playing right tackle for one reason, Sean Coogler. Will Hernandez, part of the reason why he wanted to be with the Cardinals, Sean Coogler.
0: Yeah, I mean, one thing we don't talk about very often is, is football, to a large degree, is about relationships. It's about getting along with your coach, your head coach, and more specifically, your position coach. Um, and, you know, we have a good, great scouting department, um, but they can only know so much. Sean Coogler knows him well. I mean, he knows um, his practice habits. He knows what he's like in the film room. He knows uh, how well he prepares himself. He knows, um, you know, I'm sure that he was a big part of, of going up to the front office and saying, this is the kind of guy we need. This is what we were missing at the right guard position, um, and we should go out and get him. And, um, again, what I love, and, and I don't know if we're going to play this clip, but hearing him talk about how he wants to go out and prove it. He had wanted a multi-year contract, but he's taken a one-year deal because he wants to go out there and show the type of player he is, the type of player he can be, how much he can mean to this offense, and hopefully... Um, That happens with this team. Hopefully he can be a stalwart and he can be our right guard for years to come, and he's looking to prove it. And there is, again, tremendous value in waiting out the spending spree and finding guys like this that want to prove how good they are, how valuable they are, and and want to prove that they – uh, that you should keep them around for years to come.
4: I talked to one of our scouts yesterday. I said, w- "What kind of grade did you have on him when he came out?" And he said, "We had a, uh, you know, a late uh, first round, early second, because he went 34th overall." And he said he doesn't have the longest arms, but he can get away with it playing the guard spot. But he's very violent with his hands. Violent. And he thinks he can start maul people in the run game. And obviously getting to play next to Hudson and Beecham, who are veteran guys, that will help him out. But he is really violent with his hands. When he gets his hands on you, he's willing to maul you and try to throw you away so you can get to the second level.
0: Yeah, and playing, you know, defensive line. Um, arm length is never a concern for guards. That's something you want for your right and left tackles when they're, when they're you know, trying to block edge rushers. For a guard, honestly, um, a lot of them would go with this underhand blocking technique and just try to engulf you and stop you in your tracks. It's not about um having long arms so that you can punch. That's more for your right and left tackle. So, you know, that's that's not necessarily a weakness for a guard to have shorter arms.
4: No, and we thought HQ Shipley had short arms and he was a bully in there a bowling ball. He didn't take crap from anybody. He went one on one with Aaron Donald so yeah, I totally agree with you.
3: Asked about what he can bring to this offense, here's what Will Hernandez had to say.
5: Physicality, running the ball, completely getting after, having that mentality of of hating to lose and loving to win, you know this is just something that i felt like has built up even more over the years um for obvious reasons and i can't wait to just come out here and completely you know just you know take it to the next level and you know get to where i want to get finally
3: he has a mentality and i liked what he also had to say with respect to the game of football quote to me this just isn't a job this isn't just something i do it's something i love doing and that's a difference in some people kind of do what they're expected to do, but not what they love. But if you have a passion for the game, that's going to materialize on the football field.
4: Yeah, our executive producer, Jimmy Omahundra asked him a question yesterday just about the NFC West and the pass rushers. And he's like, it's more about us. You know, we'll, we'll figure that out when they play him because it was a good question because really he doesn't he's played with the Giants, but playing in the NFC West, a little bit more physical, pass rushers, better defenses in the front seven. But his fo- his thought was, we're going to focus on us, and they're going to have to defend us, and I thought that was a good answer.
3: Well, you look at the offensive line now, left to right, DJ Humphries, Justin Pugh, Rodney Hudson, Will Hernandez, and Calvin Beecham, all veterans all with strong resumes and the new piece in there is will hernandez but he's got a relationship with justin Pugh. he's got a relationship with rodney hudson and he's familiar with all of those players and i do think it's a good old line room to get to know a new face dj humphreys will make that easy transition for everyone but the offensive line right now how do you feel with
0: respects to four guys coming back with one new face I like it. Uh, you know, again, through most of last season, you know, there was guys in and out of the lineup, and Coach Cooley did a great job of having guys ready to step in and to play and contribute and, and not have a drop-off. But this offensive line for a good part of the season was a strength of this team. Um, and, you know, again, if there was one spot that potentially needed an upgrade, it was the right guard. Um, and I just want to say, you know, hes I love just listening to him talk. You know, he's a bit of a throwback type of player. Um, I, I like listening to his approach to the game. Um, I like his toughness. I like his physicalness. I mean, every offensive line needs one or two or three of those guys that are just dogs that want to go out there and fight. Um, and on top of that, um, you know, sitting in this room, it was a 34th pick drafted in the second round that had a one-year prove-it deal. So I'm I'm right there with him, and and I'm hoping for a lot of success for him. And I, and and I think, um, you know, just we talk a lot about. Um, the attitude that James Conner brought to this offense, this is another guy that can bring that type of attitude that's going to fight every second of this game and fight for those extra yards and sustain his blocks and do everything he can to help this offense succeed.
4: Yeah, we, you know, when you look at it, it's been a revolving uh, door over there. You know, look at Josh Jones, started 12 games, nine at right guard, three at right tackle. He, he was the most penalized guy on the team. And then you look at Max Garcia. He started seven games at right guard, four at center. He played in 15 games. So you'd like to get some stability in a guy that can play all 17 games.
3: Three different players started at least one game at right guard. Nine different O-line combinations overall. And that wasn't good. You want that continuity, five guys that you can pencil in or put in ink each and every week. So hopefully that is Will Hernandez joining the four guys that are returning in 2022. Catch up on past episodes of the day. Pash Podcast via your preferred podcast provider. Get the latest updates via Twitter at PashPod. We've hit halftime here on the Cardinals Red Sea Report. When we come back, an update on DeAndre Hopkins. That's all straight ahead here on the Arizona Cardinals Radio Network.
1: Blushed out of the pocket to the right, now throws back across the middle, and it's caught in the back of the end zone by Hopkins, and he got his feet down for the touchdown. Quick throw over the middle, Hopkins has a catch at the 10, turns to his left at the 5, and hits Pater, touchdown DeAndre Hopkins. Throws left in the end zone, Hopkins is there, sliding catch for a touchdown. Sidearms it over the middle, caught for a touchdown by DeAndre Hopkins. Steps up, lobs it back of the end zone, wide open is Hopkins, and a touchdown. Caught by Hopkins at the 10, slips a tackle runs left to the five into the end zone for the touchdown throws a fade left side in the end zone and it is caught for a touchdown by dehop dehop caught it looks right throws a deep ball right side in the end zone and it's caught it's a touchdown touchdown deandre hopkins
3: a team leading eight touchdowns this past season in just 10 games DeAndre Hopkins missing seven games, including the last four, plus the wild card game. Yes, he was missed. DeAndre Hopkins and the news, hopefully, is good news that we can just have a healthy DeAndre Hopkins for all 17 games. Just keep him in bubble wrap and, you know, just... Roll him out there on Sundays and be good. So that is that is the hope. It's not going to happen, but, you know, that that's my hope because he was so valuable in 2021. As we welcome you back here, the Cardinals Red Sea Report presented by SeatGeek. Get your seats in a seat. Craig Rialukov, Vandenbosch and Mike Jarecki. The importance of one DeAndre Hopkins, MJ, certainly should not have been that important, but it turned out to be because the offense certainly – slipped dramatically when he was not on the football field.
4: Yeah, and I listened to Cliff Kingsbury this morning uh, on the NFL Network, and he mentioned that, you know, yeah, you want to find a way, but it definitely affected this team. And you know, other guys need to step up. But you know, the defense wasn't able to stop people. They were, uh, they were giving up points, so they were pressing. Kyler didn't play as well down the stretch, but the fact that he still led this team in touchdowns tells you how valuable he is when he's on the field.
3: Eight and two with D Hop, thirty points a game. Three and four without, twenty one points a game. That was the impact of DeAndre Hopkins in 2021, but we talked about He missed seven games, underwent MCL surgery, ended the season on IR. So what is the latest with DeAndre Hopkins? Here's Cliff Kingsbury earlier at the annual league meeting, courtesy NFL Network.
5: Yeah, I expect him to be fully back um, sometime in the next couple of months.
0: And he looks great. He's been in the facility working out and so excited to see what he can do.
3: Actually posted on Instagram that he was in the hydrotherapy pool. So DeAndre Hopkins, is progressing. And again, I don't care if I see him at all this offseason, Kyle. It's week one, 2022, and then making sure that he is there each and every Sunday.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we've talked, um, you know, since the season, just evaluating how the season went down. We've talked ad nauseum about um, just the effect he had statistically. I mean, you can, it's, it's apparent, um, you know, but a, a guy like that, you spend an, an entire off season planning, okay, here's what we can do in offense with DeAndre Hopkins on the field. Here's how we can manipulate things and, and take advantage of not just his pass catching, route running abilities, um, but you know the attention he's going to get um you know when when he's on the field he dictates coverages he dictates what types of fronts you're going to see he dictates how many blitzes you're going to see a game and um, to a degree it makes things easier and more predictable for both your offensive coordinator and your quarterback Um, and and when he's out then you're scrambling a bit you know because everything becomes a little bit harder there's a little bit more mystery Um, teams can disguise coverages they can change coverages they can blitz more often Um, you know it's I mean frankly um, you know this was a really talented receiving core we had Um, even without DeAndre Hopkins, but there wasn't that guy that you felt like we got to double cover him or we're in trouble. Um, You know, you do have to do that to DeAndre Hopkins and that frees things up for everybody else. And and you're exactly right. Um, You know, for this team to look like it did for the beginning part of the season, for this team to be as good as we think that they can be, to have the type of success that they want to have, uh, late in the season, into the playoffs, they need to have DeAndre Hopkins on the field. So it's good to hear that he's progressing. It's good to hear that he's on target to be ready for training camp. Uh, again, I don't know how much we'll see him in training camp. It's not, you know, he's he's a veteran. He's a pro. He knows what it takes to get his body ready and to, to be at his best on game day. Um, so, you know, I know every fan, every Cardinals fan is anxious to see him Um, At training camp, anxious to see him in preseason games. But um, you need to kind of temper those expectations knowing um, what we know and how valuable he is to this team and this offense and and how much he contributes to the success of this team.
3: I'll say this, MJ, you might want to go to an open training camp practice at State Farm Stadium in order to see DeAndre Hopkins before the regular season because I do think that's where you would see him – on the field the most, whether it's half speed, full speed, rather than a preseason game.
4: Yeah, and usually, you know, the first couple of days, it's kind of, a, you know, um, you know, a, they can't put the pads on, and that's not important for a guy that plays a skill position. But, yeah, I mean, you like to get the timing down with the quarterback. I, I hope Kyler can get together, but I don't know how much he'll be able to do in the off season. Obviously, we're going to judge him what he does in the season. But, yeah, yeah. Um, I would think that you know he's going to get a lot of uh, reps in training camp, and then there would be days that he's not practicing just to get, get rest for him and make sure there's no setbacks.
3: So you got DeAndre Hopkins, Rondell Moore, Antoine Wesley. You lose Christian Kirk. There is certainly a gaping hole at the number two wide receiver spot. So what does this team do? More from the head coach Cliff Kingsbury earlier on the NFL Network.
0: I'm excited to see, you know, Rondell Moore's the kid we drafted last year. Um, Really explosive player. We didn't play him as much as we probably should have because we had so much depth at the position to start. But um, he's the guy who's really going to step up, DeAndre. And then we'll
5: see, you know, what other additions we make. But those two guys can really play.
3: We've heard a lot about Rondell Moore and seeing him play a little bit more on the outside, utilize his speed. I do think he'll have his most effectiveness and impact in a, in the slot, maybe even out of the backfield as well. But I do think it's time now to kind of increase his route tree, if you will, utilize Rondell Moore more because there's no one in front of him i.e. Christian Kirk.
4: Yeah, and you can tell that, you know, Kingsbury looks back at the season and, and yes, he was high candy and and you want to get him in space cuz he can put that foot in the in the dirt and take off and he'll make some guys miss in the open field, but when they go back and look at the film, you have to utilize his speed and get, let him get on the outside and not that say he can't take the ball in the slot and you know, a 7-yard pass becomes a 20-yard gain. But both A.J. Green and the Cardinals have interest in each other, but I still think they should try to draft a wide receiver. Um, you know, Wesley's more of a four or a five. Uh, so I think you should double up not only a corner in free agency and the draft, uh, edge rusher, free agency in the draft, and then wide receiver, free agency in the draft.
3: I can see Rondell Moore on any given Sunday, maybe line up in three or four different spots before the ball is snapped whether again that's in the slot outside left side right side in the backfield because he is that dynamic and how do you and that's the onus on the coaching staff now how do you best utilize his skill set moving forward
0: yeah absolutely and i know you know we talked um in earlier episodes about just a, a comp and it's 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 probably not even a good comp because there's only one tyree kill but the things that just how they use him um you know they'll They'll put them in motion. Um, They'll use like jet sweep type motion, and the defense always has to account for that. Um, they'll get the ball to him within a yard of the line of scrimmage or even behind the line of scrimmage and and he's able to do some things because of his quickness and speed and then all of a sudden he takes you deep. You know, I think the worst thing you want to do with a player with his athletic ability and his speed is pigeonhole him and and the defense defense can say okay yeah he's catching all of his balls uh, near the line of scrimmage so all we got to do is keep him in front of us and we can rally to him I think you do want to mix it up and I think you want to use his speed and his ability to stretch the field and, and, and get vertical because he does have those type of abilities we saw a little bit in the preseason, uh, but we did not see a lot of it uh, during the regular season. So, um, you know, particularly with young wide receivers, they're there typically is a big jump from year one to year two um, you know we don't have uh, hopefully we won't have all of the the COVID regulations with off-season training and, and mini camps and we can just the the Cardinals can just get out there and get him reps um, get him um, running every single route um, possible and and utilize him that way on game days.
4: Yeah, I, and, and with the addition of you know bringing back Zach Ertz and, and Max Williams, I think we're going to see more 12 personnel, but they literally can go four wide if they can add another receiver, and then you can move him around. I mean, I, I mean he's got the speed to take the top off the defense, and now he'll figure out – you know what it's like to go against some of these number one and two corners in the NFL. what's coverage like now and just basically going through his rookie season he should be a lot more comfortable next year
3: you still do have andy isabella greg dorch andre bocellia on the roster and we'll see what the team does come draft whether that's pick number 23 or at some point during those three days next month but yeah wide receivers among the needs that this team still has whether that's free agency the draft or perhaps both check out season one of cardinals folktales on your official youtube channel youtube.com slash az cardinals get the story behind the stories from several remarkable moments in cardinals history that's cardinals folktales available at youtube.com
1: slash az cardinals this is the arizona cardinals radio Network. That'll be the final play. The Arizona Cardinals come into Nashville and absolutely pummel the Titans. 38-13. to Kyler Murray accounts for five touchdowns, four passing, one rushing.
3: Quite the opening week statement by the Arizona Cardinals to begin 2021. A road win against the Titans. As you heard Dave Pash with the final call, 38-13. to 13. Why are we playing that right now here on the Cardinals Red Sea Report presented by SeatGeek? Get your seats in a seat. The Titans are not on the regular season schedule, but according to Mike Vrabel, the Titans head coach... Cardinals and Titans will be on the preseason schedule. Not officially released, though at the annual league meeting in Florida, Coach Frabel, I wouldn't say let it slip, MJ, but did announce that the Titans, Buccaneers, and Cardinals will be holding joint practices. Now, just the Titans and Buccaneers, and then the Titans and Cardinals, but that is something that I know Head Coach Cliff Kingsbury has been wanting to to do and now going into his fourth season finally gets that opportunity
4: yeah i think it would have been difficult his first year installing a brand new offense obviously new coaching staff now there are some new coaches that are going to try it um just based on you know who they're synced up in the preseason but i think it's more beneficial to have these joint practices and kyle can chime in than a preseason game i could put my number one corner on your number one wide receiver you can do Individual drills, pass rusher on your left tackle. You can do defensive line drills. The problem is, you know, maybe that second practice, um, you know, guys kind of start to get under each other's skin. There should be a gentleman's agreement. If anyone fights, they get thrown out. Easier said than done, though.
3: Well, the Titans and Buccaneers held a joint practice last season, and there was a fight, and things kind of got a little out of hand. But I do like this fact because it does break up training camp for one, and I do think players sometimes will kind of maybe take these joint practices a little bit more serious than the preseason game.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Um, It it brings a whole new intensity going against different people. I mean, just because I can beat an offensive tackle in practice over and over and over doesn't make me a good pass rusher. Um, I may just have uh, the offensive tackle on my team figured out. You're going against somebody else who does things differently. You're going against a different scheme. Um, You're not beating up your own guys. I mean, you're going against – there's actually – you know, potentially, even though it's ramped up, less potential of injury because it's not your offense against your defense. You're going against somebody else. And, you know, there's always so much mystery with training camp practices or even preseason games. Uh, but training camp practices particularly because, hey, the offense looks great. The offense is completing all these passes. Well, is your offense great or is your defense really bad, right? Um And it's the same way vice versa. Hey, the defense is really looking good. Well, the offense usually takes some time to get going and get some rhythm in training camp. But is your defense good or is it just that your offense is struggling? So you get some of those answers. And I love – I love the matchup. You know, again, just looking at our division, um, you know, you've got San Fran, whose offense is built around the run, and particularly next year, but with potentially who they may have a quarterback, it's going to be a running offense. Seattle's, you know, with who they have a quarterback is potentially going to be a running offense. The Rams are built on running the ball and and play-action pass. There's no better team at running the football in the league than the Tennessee Titans because of who they have at running back. You know, and also on the other side of the ball, um, around here, not a lot of people know about Jeffrey Simmons. He has the power and strength of an Aaron Donald. He is a really good interior defensive lineman, and it'll give you know our offensive lineman an opportunity to get some live reps in the preseason against a guy who is physically big and strong, um, and, and figure out some things, try some different things, try different combo blocks, you know, try different uh, wham blocks, trap blocks on on a dominant you know, three technique defensive tackle. So not only is there a lot of value of going against another team in the preseason and practicing against them, um, but I I love uh, the matchup against the Titans in in these preseason practices just because of who they are and how they're built and what they like to do.
4: And you'll see the general managers at the practice along with the personnel department, and they're actually scouting the uh, opposing team. You know, this guy could be a free agent the following year. And the Titans will do the same thing when it comes to the Cardinals and Buccaneers. So it's another evaluation uh, just looking at who could be a free agent. Maybe it's a year or two, but a lot of evaluation going on. And everything's uh, on tape, so you can go back and watch film. Last time the
3: Cardinals held a joint practice, 2016, with the Chargers. Now, they did hold joint practices with the Titans way back in 2010, which allowed our executive producer, Jim hundred to go into the archives. Big Red Rage, Nashville Hotel, 2010, Adrian Wilson imitating Joey Porter on the Big Red Rage.
5: He's so hard to imitate. It took me a while to get him down. I was in the mirror practicing for like the last three days.
0: In the mirror practicing. I mean
5: this guy is classic. I mean his pregame speeches are just I mean, they're they're top notch. Can
0: you give us something dumb? I mean just...
5: Paul, pretend like you're getting dressed for the game and you know we're finna call it up. You
1: know? Okay, all right, I'm lacing up my boom. Uh, <laughs> okay, I'm pulling the pants on all one right. at a time.
5: Alright, here here's Joy. Mm-hmm. You know, everybody comes here, here's Joy. All right, this is what we're gonna do. <laughs> I'm go out here. Here we go. Shoot first, ask questions later. Charge <laughs> on three. One, two,
0: three. Go, <laughs> <laughs> That's great.
5: So, oh, wow. that was, oh, that was good. He, he sounds a hundred percent just <laughs> like <he's>, that. <laughs> he's so he's so horrid that you can't even really understand what he's saying.
3: I'll say this: if there is one individual that could imitate Joey Porter to his face. It might be Adrian Wilson, but I would not recommend anyone else try to imitate Joey Porter
0: to his face. Kyle. Yeah, Joey Porter was great, man. When he was uh, with the Steelers, he, he'd always warm up with his jersey rolled up and his abs out. Um, he came to Tennessee one time like that, just standing on our fifty-yard line, just barking at all of our players. And I was like, man, get out of here, get over to your own sideline. It's it's funny. Those I love. honestly hearing him talk and do that impersonation (laughs) reminded me of ronnie mack ronnie mckinnon he was he was like that you love having those kind of guys on your team that are just always barking and it just really gets you fired up that was was good
3: adrian wilson the other voices you heard a little calais campbell in there paul calvisi and ron wolfley longtime hosts of the big red rage but that was a flashback to 2010 we'll see what omahundra has in store for the 2022 perhaps big red rage in nashville but uh mj that's probably the most i've heard aw speak in a long long time
4: <laughs> no he's been he, on the dave Pash podcast he's he been keep, on the big red rage he keeps himself a little bit more now that he's in the front yeah, office but, and not you know yeah. in uniform he just doesn't come up to the third floor anymore that's true yeah, yeah. he doesn't come around and say well, hello he doesn't come around but that was uh an interesting week with matt liner that's right. That was the end of Matt Leinert's career and the beginning of the
3: Derek Anderson era.
4: Mr. Checkdown. Matt Leinert.
3: I don't think, as Darren Urban wrote on azcardinals.com, I don't think we're going to have a similar situation no. happen this training <laughs> camp as far as a quarterback controversy happens. Just. Just, just a guess. Just a wild guess. <laughs> Special thanks to those behind the scenes, Senior Broadcast Manager and Producer, Jim Mamahandro, Technical Director, Lauren Koval. For Kyle Vandenbosch, Mike Jarecki, I'm Greg Riola. We'll talk to you in one week's time. Again, Tuesdays, 11 a.m. It is the Cardinals Red Sea Report presented by SeatGeek. Get your seat in a seat. Maybe we'll get official confirmation about these joint practices. And perhaps the Cardinals will have made a move or two in free agency. Until then, have yourself a great week here on the Arizona Cardinals Radio Network.